Hello everybody, welcome to our show, Abilities Unleashed. We are starting off today. Uh, we just want to introduce ourselves a little bit and tell us a little bit about ourselves and what we're doing and why we called our show Abilities Unleashed and what message we're trying to give out, give to everyone and teach people in the world about our story and our life and pushing through hard times and getting through difficulties. I'd like to introduce our other host, my co-host, Yehuda Kelman. Hi, JJ. Uh, how are you? Thanks. What's going on? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. All good. All good. Yeah, so, when, so let's start with, uh, let's go with a little back and forth about this. When Yossi approached us to actually do this podcast, to do this show, um, we were toying with the name. And we knew that the focus of the show was going to be about overcoming obstacles or something to that effect, right? Pushing, right. pushing your boundaries. Right. Um, so then we came up with the name. We came up with Abilities Unleashed, which, by the way, is an incredible name. It's a great name. I think, uh, it's, I think it's awesome. Huh? I think it's, it's a great awesome. name. But then when you it approached is, me, a, you had this idea for this other variation of the name. I was like, I don't know. Maybe it sounds cool. Also sounds good. And what was right. that? So other, the other that other, the other variation was was unleashing abilities. Right, right, right. Okay. Sounded, right. Sounded, then, I was like back and forth on it a little bit. And what were your thoughts? There was definitely an advantage to it. It kind of it kind of went. But then ultimately, the reason why we decided on abilities unleashed was because <clears throat> unleashing abilities means that some outside force, on some level, some outside force could shut it down. It's in the process of being unleashed, right? It's still in the unleashing process. Right, right. And um, something else could, could something, it some outside force, Yeah, some outside force, an outside individual could come in and, and really shut it down. As right. opposed to unleashed, uh, unleashed, it's already it's already out. It's out in the ether. It's out in the world, and it and to to rein it in is that much more difficult. And that's really what the power of of pushing past your boundaries. You know, I I know I have I have role models that I've leaned on throughout my life. I, I know we've discussed this in the past, you and I, that yeah. you have some role models that that you've leaned on individuals that you've looked up to, whether you have met them um, in person, met them through um, media or other outlets, um, that, that gave us that push to, to go beyond what's perceived as possible. And, yeah. and that really became the, the whole impetus for this show. Our, God, God willing, the guests that we're going to have on the show are also going to be focused around that concept, that concept of we're going to have some, some of our guests will be individuals that have overcome obstacles, that have pushed, their, have pushed themselves to their limits and then grew beyond their limits. And we're, going to have, we're also going to have on the show in, at a future date, we're going to have individuals that were the support staff and without them, individuals, the, the people that are traveling this road might not have been able to uh, have succeeded. Right. Yeah, and there's, there's certainly, you know, 
there's um, there's definitely a concept that that you can't. Uh, there's no shame in saying you can't do it alone. For sure, you know, difficulties in life are are are, are difficult, are incredibly difficult, and certain certain ones, that especially like we're going to talk about in our own individual stories, are um, are incredibly uh, seems almost insurmountable. Uh, certainly alone, and you know, God willing, people who people who need the support should get it, and people who have it are very lucky. And it's really those. That's really what makes the difference in the the support the support teams that people have. And uh, even even not even not outside people, even people that are, are going through it together with them, just to have someone with you. We'll talk about all that stuff as we go along. But I think it's a very important point to mention. For also. sure. For sure. You know, that's a very interesting point. It just I, I find it rather fascinating. Uh, you know, thinking back to my childhood, and we'll discuss this in a little bit. You know, uh, as we introduce ourselves. But thinking back to my childhood. Oftentimes, the person that I would have to lean on the most, as weird as this sounds, was me. Yeah, for and sure. I would lean on, no, and I would know. lean on, and I would lean on a success that I had the day before, and that right. would be the one. That would be the the aspect that would push me to do the quote unquote impossible of today. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's another. Force. It wasn't. That's another. Yeah, that's another point we'll discuss. Also, that there's there's you know. Obviously, there's a support team, and obviously there are those who go through it with you, but you're the ultimate decision maker whether you make it and you actually push beyond a certain limit or not because it's you that's going through what you're going through, ultimately. For sure. But, uh, yeah, sure. so, let's, so get, uh, let's get started. Why don't we introduce yeah. ourselves a little bit? Go for it. You want me to start? I'll start. Okay. Uh, perfect. Go ahead. All right. Uh, my name is J.J. Isaac, as you all know. I am a cancer survivor. I was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 16. I'm now 28. Um, and the age of 17, I lost my left leg to cancer after, after a second, uh, second year of chemotherapy and surgery. I ended up having to lose my leg, so I now wear a prosthetic, a full-length, full-leg prosthetic above the knee. And I was subsequently diagnosed um, for three years after that, three separate times, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer, the same type of cancer in my, twice in my lungs, once in my sternum, and ending off having over, over 20 surgeries and, you know, intensive rehab and physical therapy and chemotherapy and all these different uh, things that we'll explain further in detail, just to give a short overview now. I, uh, thank God... I overcame it. I am now just just reaching the five-year mark of being in remission. So thank God for that, and thank God. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and uh, thank God for all that, and thank God that I'm able to be here. And yes, yeah, starting starting this show at that uh, at that milestone actually, uh, it's a little emotional. It's nice. It's uh, it's good to. It must be an incredible feeling. Yeah, it's good. It's good to feel. It's good to start start giving my message now that I really can look back and see how things worked out and how things continue to work out and how the world kind of works a little bit in mysterious ways. How, oh, God how God orchestrates everything, yeah. So now that I'm starting to see it, we can start, uh, God willing, to inspire people with, uh, with our stories. So, go ahead. Or at least inspire ourselves. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll inspire, we'll inspire that's, each that's, other. That's, that's the ultimate hope, is that yeah, we can inspire ourselves. Inspire ourselves. If we bring other. some people with us to the journey, that, that's right. an added bonus. Whoever wants to listen is welcome to. <clears throat> but we hope to inspire lots of people. Yeah, so um, so I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Hi, I'm Yehuda, Yehuda Gelman. Um, for, and so my story is I was born, I'm, I'm, I'm 34 now. I was born with hydrocephalus and cerebral palsy. Hydrocephalus is excess fluid on the brain. Um, the treatment for it is actually the implantation of a VP shunt. The little tube that does the work of of the ventricles. It rele- it removes the excess fluid, the excess cerebral spinal fluid. Right. Um, but considering the fact that it's mechanical, I've had a few um, tune-ups, <laughs> for lack of better words. Um, like I said, I'm 34. I had 32 surgeries to repair or replace the shunts sometimes due to malfunctions, sometimes due to infections, sometimes, uh, you know, because of a positive advantage of growth. I got too tall for the shunt. They thought they had put in enough tubing, and I had a nice, uh, I had a nice little growth spurt. That was, that, was, that was actually a beautiful thing. Right, those are good. Yeah, those are, yeah, those are good. Those are good. We, those we'll are take those wins. Uh, it's annoying to have another surgery, but... Um, <laughs> We'll take it. And speaking about milestones, um, this show, interestingly enough, like we said, for you it's five years since you're in remission. For me, this is one year almost to date um, since my most recent surgery um, for a replacement of the shunt. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. Nice. And, and yeah, and, and my way of of showing that we could overcome obstacles. I'll, I'll jump in on that for, for a second, give you guys a brief overview of that. Um, it actually started, and I'm going to give a huge shout-out to a, a semi-team member of ours, uh, Jussie Rotberg. Um, we, we're, actually, uh, we'll st- we're, we're actually doing a bike ride together, you and I. We're doing Bike for Chai this year. Yeah. For me, this is going to be my second year. For you, this is going to be your what? Seventh year, God willing. Seventh year. Wow. Crazy, craziness. Lot that's of, that's lot incredible. That, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Um, and um, so what so did interestingly, Yossi do? Yeah, so interestingly enough, I met Yossi, I met Yossi a couple of years ago, must have been about two and a half years ago, a little, a little before, I would say it was May Two years ago, I met him in Lakewood, New Jersey, where he lives, and we we knew each other from from before. As as you know, as kids, we knew each other, and he mentioned to me that he did bike for high the previous year, and I started laughing. I thought for sure he was joking. <laughs> um, I, I there was there was no way that I was going to believe that Yossi Rotberg was doing bike for high. I was like, hey, this is hilarious. Um, you didn't do it. And he showed me pictures. He showed me his bike. And I didn't even think for even five seconds. And part of me, I'm so happy that I just jumped headlong into it because if I would have thought about it, I definitely would not be where I am today. I know that with 100% certainty. 
Right. Um, but it was it was real it was real um, you know serendipitous hashkocha that that um, where Yossi lives. Uh, so I was I was by my sister-in-law for that weekend, and my wife's other sister was there, and she actually works for by Krachai. And I walk into the house after meeting Yossi, and I said, hey, Rina, I got a new bike for high. I'm signing up. And she was like, <laughs> do you have a bike? I'm like, no. She's like, do you know how to ride? I'm like, no. <laughs> She's like, so don't sign up. I'm like, no, 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 I'm signing up. And my wife tried dissuading me. I started getting into my own head. Rina started dissuading me. Yo, Margulies. I don't know if he even remembers this. Yoel tried dissuading me. He's like, Yehuda, it's a great idea, but I know Yoel from, from way, way, way back when. Um, well, when we, when, we want to when we want to do something crazy, there are often people who are like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, never going to work, right? But, but yeah, those of us who, uh, who, are, who are in our situation know that you just got to do it. Um, so I... Uh, so I came home and I messaged, I, I WhatsApped a friend of mine who, who I knew was an avid writer in, in the Five Towns area. And I asked him, I said, hey, uh, where can I borrow a bike? He was like, don't borrow a bike. Get onto a spin cycle. So fine, he connected me to a gym. I did a couple of, uh, I did a couple of lessons on a spin cycle, um, which was really fun. Um, then I went and I borrowed a friend's bike. I did a one-mile ride. It took me 47 minutes to do one mile. I don't think I ever shared this with you, JJ. Oh, yeah. What? Um, um, I don't think I ever mentioned how long it took me to do my first mile. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it took me about 40, over 45 minutes probably closer to 47, maybe even, maybe, I, I would even venture to say closer to an hour after all is said and done. Um, and I fell, I would say, easily 23, 24 times. Wow. I still have some scrapes I, I, from that first bike ride. Wow. And each time I fell, I, I looked back to where I had started from. I'm like, am I closer to my house? than to where I'm trying to go before I turn around. I think, I, I think I'm closer to my destination, even though I was like 10 feet away from my house, but I kept like tricking myself. I said, no, no, I think I'm closer to my destination, so let me just get to the destination, then I'll turn around. Just push. Yeah. Um, just push. And I um, finished that bike ride, walked into the house and said to myself, I said, forget it. I am never riding again. Never. I never knew this. And I, I didn't. Oh, well, yeah, no. we're sharing new stories. Wow. So I went back to, so I went back to spin class to, to Avi Dagan. He was, he was definitely the catalyst to help me. He was my first biggest push to become the person that I am today. And a huge, huge, huge amount of gratitude to Avi Dagan from Avid Fitness. Okay. Um, and I said to him, I'm like, Avi, I'll do spin classes every day. I'm not going on a road bike ever again. And he said to me, he's like, you know what? The next ride we'll do together. I said, it's a deal. 
we'll go out, we'll do a ride together. Um, he called me up. He was like, okay, fine, we're going to go out next Sunday. We're going to do it this and this time. He gave me a time. I get onto the bike. I walk the bike to the boardwalk, whereas the previous t- week I had rode there. I was, like, so nervous. I walk the bike to the boardwalk, and I'm waiting there, and I'm waiting there, and I'm waiting there, and Avi's not showing up. He calls me up. He's like, hey, just start riding. I'll catch up to you. I said, fine. And I started riding. And I was maybe, like, 20 blocks. And I must have fallen, like, only – I must have fallen, like, 15 times at that point, but I was definitely over a mile at that point. And I get the phone call from him. Hey, Yehuda, something came up. I can't come yet. I, don't worry. I'm coming. Keep riding. I continued riding. And I got all the way to Beach 50th, and I looked at myself – I, I see the road sign that says Beach 50th. It's like two, like a mile and a half away from my house, something right. like that, maybe a little further. And I said, okay, if I fall off the bike now and get incapacitated, it's too far for me to walk back. Um, so I'm going to turn around right here. I don't care if he calls and says that he's on his way. He'll meet me on my way back, and then maybe we'll turn around together. And I turned around. I went back to Beach 9th. And as I'm pulling up to Beach Ninth, he's sitting there, cool as a cucumber, on the on the bench, just waiting for me. He's like, I knew you could do it. And that was that was the start of my incredible journey. That's awesome. And I did bike for Chai. Um so wait. I do bike for Chai two months later, two and a half months later, my longest ride to to date before the bike before the this 180-mile bike ride was 41 miles. I rode to, I rode to the Verrazano Bridge and back. Nice. Solo, by myself. It was, so I figured, okay, if I could do 41 miles, I could do 180. Right? Cause right. I mean, yeah, I mean, standard 40 logic. times three. Right? Yeah, 40 times four. It's even better. It's less than 40 times four. It's great. <laughs> and... What I didn't realize, what I didn't realize is that I'm practicing in the Rockways completely flat. I was going to say, right. I get, I get the bike for high, and <laughs> that first hill right as we came out of the gate, and I'm like, wait, what? I didn't sign up for hills. And then, and then we met, I met up with you at mile marker, at mile marker, I would say 30, maybe earlier. No, earlier. Yeah, I don't know. Like right after, there was a bunch of rest stops. I think it was after the first rest stop. No, definitely after the second rest stop. Definitely after the second rest stop. I remember that because because we were riding together when I hit 50. And we made a whole big deal about it. It's been like 40-something, yeah. And and that started our friendship. Until that point, I didn't even know who you were. No, yeah. Yeah, the only reason you found out who I was because I'm riding a funny bike. So we, yeah. uh, we ended up riding together. Yeah. And then I'm the idiot uh, that tried racing you five minutes after I meet you. I'm like, okay, hi, okay, nice to go. meet you. Let's race. <laughs> <laughs> right. We did some uh, some drag racing, as it were, on bikes. Um, yeah. So speaking of funny bikes, I, I do. Uh, let's just tell everyone about that. I ride a hand cycle, which is a completely hand-powered bike, because of my prosthetic. I actually don't wear my prosthetic when I ride. Because my leg is so short, I can't properly control um, a regular upright bicycle. 
and I got really into hand cycling when I first lost my leg. I wanted to get back into fitness, and someone introduced me to hand cycles, and I was, I was hooked. I was like, and then finally, David Eggert did bike for high, you know, his own ride the first time. I'm, right. like, I'm, I'm doing this. This is crazy. I'm, I'm doing this. You know, you say getting back to fitness. I'm jumping in there because I have to say this. Uh, there's that there's that famous story with the doc the patient he has a he's about to have surgery he turns he turns to the doctor he says right before you you know before you anesthetize me question doc will I be able to play the piano after surgery right <laughs> he said famous he said, yeah what are you talking about he's like just answer the question you are not doing the surgery until you answer this question will I be able to <laughs> play the piano after surgery the doctor's like yeah why not like, because I don't know how to play the piano now. <laughs> I never knew before. So, so when you say getting back into fitness, were you ever, you were a fitness junkie before this? No, I wouldn't say fitness junkie. I, I, was, uh, I was a pretty active kid. You know, I always liked playing sports and running around. And I was, I was, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like fit, fit, but I was, uh, I was in pretty decent shape. And then I was, I got, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 16. Like right when I started, like really, you know, playing football and playing and really getting involved in sports, and then I just had it all taken away. So I wanted to like really get something back. And once I got on that bike, I really felt like I got something back. So it was really awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> so what are the most difficult aspects of riding a hand cycle? Um, hills. I've got to say, just, just straight up <laughs> hills. I know that's. I know everyone says that, and there are disadvantages and there are some advantages actually. The the disadvantage is obviously, you know, my average speed on a on you know a pretty decent hill is probably three miles an hour, and I'm doing like a half a crank every ten seconds, it's like pushing like this and just pushing. And but as long as I don't stop, I can make it to the top. The um, and people do tell me that about you know regular upright bikes that if you're going up a hill and you stop in the middle of the hill, you're screwed. Like you can't yeah can't go yeah, you you're, you're done you're done again. you cannot. So there is one slight advantage that I could, I can't do it for long, but I could stop on a hand cycle just because of the way the crank works. I could restart. It's still very difficult, but I'm using both hands at the same time. So I could re-crank if I do stop in the middle. So it's like there's one, really slight, cool. one slight advantage, but it's still... Uh, you also, uh, it, it does have another advantage is that you are on three wheels. So right. you're stable that, that, the whole time on a hill. Right, that has an certainly has an advantage for downhills. I don't have to worry about falling. Yeah, that for sure. But even uh, uphill, yeah. like I know, I know for myself, hills are hills are the absolute killer for me. Right. Um, and I've been practicing hills over the last couple of weeks. I actually did a whopping two rides with hills. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, but I, I but I've learned some nice yeah. tricks about hills. Um, yeah, oh, you yeah, you came to join me the other day. We rode in. Uh, yeah, I joined you in in Nyack or wherever Rock, Rock, Rockland. Lake. Um, and Very nice. the Very most difficult, the most difficult part for me about hills is I do have in the back of my head, I have that knowledge that if I stop on the hill, I can't start. But then also I right. feel very unsteady on the, on the bike because I'm, right, well, right. I'm fighting gravity, I'm fighting gravity and I'm fighting two yeah. wheels. It's like, then, then a friend of mine gave me a suggestion um, he said, "You snake." Right. So there are some um, tricks. When you, you go, go up the hill, also, if you go if you go too slow on an upright bike up a hill, you'll fall down. So exactly. That is, right. That's the advantage of the three wheels. Um, 
Right. It certainly helps. So, yeah, downhill. Well, downhills, I, I get pulled down by gravity, and my top speed generally... During Bike for Chai, my top speed on one of the major hills was, uh, I think, 46 miles an hour. That's insane. That is just fast. insanity. People, people, ha- people do it on their uprights, but it's, it's, uh, it's a lot freakier for them, I imagine. But I'm not... I mean, you know, I could fall off. You know, if I take a turn too tight, I can fall off, but it's, right. it's much, much more stable. Much easier to not worry about that for sure. For sure. Yeah. Ah. So anyway, yeah, let's, so let's jump cool. into let's jump into something else here a little bit for a second. Yeah, we're let's talking, go for we're it. Talking, we're talking a lot about bike high and cycling and and it's great and and how it helps us and overcome and it gives us uh, gives us a boost. It gives us strength. Let's talk about what we're. Uh, why we're biking? What, what's you know? Like I ask myself a lot. Like why am I? Like, yeah, I had cancer. I lost my leg. But people ask me a lot. Like why? Why are you like proving? Are you proving it to yourself that you could do it? Are you? Are you showing the world that like, almost like that uh, it's no, doable? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway just because. And like you have to be better because a lot of times people in these situations they become um, they become overachievers. I think I mentioned this to you once before that that. Um, there was a woman who was born. I read this article when I first was diagnosed. Someone like gave me an article just to read, see you know, see what see what's still possible. Like don't get so down. Right. Yeah. Don't the, get so down. One of the things they gave me was an article <laughs> about a woman who um, who was born without arms, who learned. She was like twenty something years old at the time, and she had learned to do everything with her feet. So she went to college. She was writing. She was. Oh, she drives a car, right? You she drives that a, video. Yeah. She drives a car. She, I saw a few videos, a few different people without arms driving cars. Drives a car. She had just got, when she wrote this article, she had just gotten her pilot's license. Wow. For airplanes. So that's, I, yeah. That's, I, that's insane. I read this. I was a little hesitant to, to be on that flight, I would say. <laughs> but, uh, but, but it's incredible how the, you know, people become, when they, why, so I always wonder, why is that? Why do people like us become like such overachievers? When we're thrown such a bad hand of cards, what is that? Uh, you know, how does that? How does it man? Why does it manifest itself like that? I have some thoughts. Let's hear. Maybe you could start a little bit. Let's see so, what you, so, you here. You yeah. know, I, I I've been thinking about that lot a lot lately over the last uh, year or so. Um, right. I've been thinking about it much heavier. Again, since since my most recent surgery, this recent surgery actually caused a a, a fairly substantial setback um, from a medical perspective, from an overall life perspective. So I was thinking about that very often, um, and I did question myself, and I came up with a theory. I I don't have definitive proof, but my my feeling is as follows, that um, my feeling is that when when a person is, is given a whole slew of difficulties, they're left with two options at the end of that. Option number one is saying, okay, I had, life was so difficult up until this point, so now I have the chance to take it easy, I'm going to relax, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to let life do its thing. Right? Right. I'm just going to be the couch potato, I'll go to my nine to five, I'll, 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 I'll do a little bit of exercise, but nothing too overexerting. Um, then you have the other school of thought is, okay, I got the worst that could possibly get thrown at me. It can't possibly get worse. 
So let's try. Let's see. Right. Not let's see what can it get worse. But, hey, all these things that regular people, and I'm putting them in, in quotes purposely, um, that regular people would perceive as difficult, since to our, on our journey we've already overcome all that difficulty. You know, speaking about journey, it's, it's akin to when you're driving on a highway. Right? This, this was a thought I had. I was driving to Washington, and I had this uh, realization there was, a, there was a car accident just over the Delaware border on the 95, right. and traffic ground to a complete standstill. I was sitting for, for about 45 minutes. Then finally they opened up one lane. It wasn't even a full lane. The shoulder was open a little bit. They were letting like one car every half a minute. Um, when we finally got past the accident, everybody, not just myself, but every single car that got through that accident went uh, like increased their speed to the speed limit was 65 for the first certainly three four miles everybody was going 90 miles an hour right now granted part of the reason from a from a driver's perspective they're frustrated they want to try to make a lost time but also i think it's like okay life was bad well that was then now we could move past and we could move. We wa- I think it distances us from that. This might be the third option is, you know, just uh, thinking about it out loud. This might be the third option as to why people like us push ourselves is maybe on some level we're trying to distance ourselves from that past. You know, we're embracing this new reality, but we're showing what, but now we get to frame our reality not our circumstances, not our life, right, not our right, surroundings. Yeah. We're the yeah. framers of it. Yeah. It gives us a semblance of control. Right? right. There's I so think much, those so are... much out, of our, out of our control until now. It's like, right, that... now I'm going to decide what I want to do, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to push. As crazy as it might be, but I'm the one that's, right? I'm the one that's doing it. Right. Right? You know, the... <laughs> there's a joke about a guy who's <laughs> he's sitting in his car with his wife, Maybe I shouldn't say this joke. <laughs> Sitting in the car. Yeah, by like, the way, I, was gonna, I love the fact that you're in your car doing this thing there right now. Yeah. And his wife is screaming at him, right? Like complaining about this and he, he didn't do this and he's terrible at this and he's terrible at that. And he looks over at her and he gives this huge smile. And um, she says, what's so funny? Like, why are you smiling? He's like, well, um, I just realized that only the driver's seat has the airbag, and he floored himself into the into a wall. Um, it's a joke, of course. It's a terrible joke, but terrible, but yes. I think the <laughs> it's a very terrible joke. But I think the the reality of it is is it's a semblance of control. It's a semblance of control, even if it's even if it's out of control, even if the person is doing something that is so against the grain, so unnatural, right? Like uh, I, was talking to, I was talking to my brother who happens to be a cyclist. I mentioned to him, hey, you know, I borrowed a bike and I'm starting to ride. He was like, you're crazy. You're a crazy person. Like, why are you doing that? I'm like, why not? Like, what's the worst that could happen? My son breaks, been there, done that, right? Like, right. what's the worst that could happen? 
Right. You know, um, I have a friend, I have a friend, and I'll talk, I'll talk about this individual uh, on a later episode. I have a friend who lost both her legs below the knee. And when she, uh, out of a sheer desperation, she got herself back into, into the swing of things. <clears throat> and she was out on the ski slopes and on, on makeshift legs. And she, and she completely wiped out. When the medics got there, her where her legs were amputated had gotten cut, so there was ble- so it was bleeding a little bit. Uh, she had she had had she had her legs were amputated a couple of months prior, right? And the, the medics come over to her and they're like, and they completely freak out and they're like, you know, we'll find them. She's like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, in your accident, you lost both your legs. She's like, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> She's like, no, I didn't. But if you yeah. do find them, but if you do find them, <laughs> right, right, we'll talk. We'll that talk a lot about awesome. that. There's, there's definitely, there definitely has to be a sense of humor when you're going through something hard like this. Oh, 100. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah, I can, you know, I can relate to the prosthetic stories, the funny stories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for it's me, a, it's. I think for me when. Uh, when I um, when I think about it, when I think about you know why people do that, why you know why people are overachieving, I think for me it's more, it's kind of echoing what you're saying, but also that you know we're we're deciding our we had so we had like you said we had no control over what happened, and now we want control back, but it's more about we want control back and we want to because we. I think it's an, an outgrowth of it is that because we show the world that we can do, even if it's just things that regular people, regu- you know, regular people do in quotes, obviously, you know, able-bodied right. people, even if it's just, even if we just achieve something that an able-bodied person can do, means we achieved it from a deficit. What means that a person, a person with all their abilities, who knows what they can do? Who Understood. knows what, and for them themselves to to realize that, that's one of the it's one of my points of the show is like, you know, if I can, you know, I I work, uh, you know, my my regular day job, I'm a I'm a chef and I'm on my feet all day or foot all day, because I have one of my legs is not there, and you know just to be on my feet all day, you know, standing up, working, pushing, you know, pulling and and pots and pans and food and schlepping and doing all this stuff, and sweating in a hot kitchen. And, you know, doing that, you know, people, people, people become chefs, you know, they, they, they go through the culinary school, they do this, they do that. And they're, thank God, they're able-bodied, they have, and this is what they want to do with their lives. And I was more like, I always wanted to do, you know, that or something similar to that. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to do it. What do you mean? Of course. Right. For sure. Um, and... And I, uh, you know, and, and uh, that's one of, the reason, one of the reasons I decided to do the hand cycle was why I wanted, when I wanted to, you know, I saw, the, I saw him ride in and I was like, I had just gotten into hand cycling then. So I, um, and, and I just, you know, there's, a, there's an important thing I heard once, a great line that I heard that when, I've never been, but when people skydive, there's a thing that they, that they do. When you're sky, even if you're skydiving tandem in your first time, 
you come up to the door of the plane, and they count for you. One, two, and they push on two. Because people grab the doors on three. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right? You know, you know what they, they say about skydiving. If you're, if you're you know what they decide, say about skydiving. Yeah. They say you don't need a parachute if you're, if you, to skydive. You need a parachute to skydive twice. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's a great concept. So they push you out at two? I heard this, yeah. They actually push you out at two. The guy, the guy who's, let's say, attached to you will jump on two. Because if you grab on three, you're not going anywhere. So it's like if you, if you want to – I think that's, that, was, that really rung true with me in my mind that, like, for me as a, as a, as a person who overcame this obstacle, it's like if I'm, I'm thinking about doing something. I'm thinking about riding 180 miles on a hand cycle. And, you know, the, the great opportunity to do that now is Bike for Chai, that they have this long ride and, and they're, you know, they're allowing me to join them and I can – I can ride, and I can ride as far as I can, and we'll see how far I get. And I want to do, you know, I want to conquer this obstacle, this other one. But this is my, the obstacle that I'm, I have now is my choice. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. But if I thought about it for more than three seconds, I probably wouldn't have done it. You have to just jump right in and go and just do it. And that's, you know, that's oh. one, of the, one of the other important concepts, too. Did you ever get scared? Did you ever hesitate before um, a bike for high? whether it was your first or even last year's? Uh, sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, more recently, no. But in the early ones, I was like, I don't know. It's, it's really crazy. It's because, because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people around, that's, that's usually what happens when you try to do, when you try to do, uh, when you try to do more, more than is normal, you're, uh, there's always naysayers because you're trying to be, you're trying to be a little more than than mediocre, and everybody's right. mostly everybody's mostly doing their thing, and you're trying to do something awesome, and they're like, but I'm not doing that awesome thing, so I'm gonna be a naysayer. People do that. How loud was that naysaying voice in your own head? And right, and there's obviously the naysaying voice in your own head, which is the loudest one of all for sure. It's like, what, what am I crazy? And then, you know, all you have to do is convince yourself that, yeah, of course, I'm, I am crazy, and I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, well, embrace, embrace the, what do they say, embrace the hurt? Embrace the hurt, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, embrace the hurt, absolutely. The greatest, you know, and, and I'll tell you something, a great line I heard um, from, we'll talk a lot about him, a lot about him, a lot about his book, um, David Goggins. David Goggins. David Goggins. The man, I just, I the, man the myth, the legend. The legend, the the legend, yes. The I legend. Just his book, and one of his one of his lines is is um is that you can't uh, is is you're not going to be able to see what you're achieving while you're achieving it. It it hurts and it's terrible and it's the worst feeling you'll ever have. But on the other side of suffering is greatness. Is the greatest feel the greatest feeling the greatest. hundred percent. And one and I think that's why we do what we do because people like us. We're going, we're we're in that mindset for so long. There's so much suffering, and thank God mine is, is um is get is just you know getting through life and managing with what I have now with my prosthetic with thank God my growing family, uh, and just managing that post having my illness, and you know but but during the illness for for almost uh, almost a full almost nine years eight nine years was like just terrible it was just suffering and it was hard but on the other side of it you come out of it and like 
Thank God. I have, I have two kids that are starting to run around now, and they're smiling, and they're happy. And just me, you know, in that situation now is the, is the greatest feeling in the world. I could have, I definitely, I definitely know what that means. And, and, yeah, you have your own version of that, which, you know, we'll talk about also. Yeah. I think we'll, uh, we'll start winding down a little bit now just because we're running out of time in a couple of minutes. So let's, uh, yeah, so, you know. So, JJ, yeah. what's on tap for future episodes? Let's, I don't know. Let's talk uh, about know, what's on tap for we'll, future we'll, episodes. We'll go back and forth with some ideas, but we're definitely going to talk about where, I think we should talk about a little bit where, where we draw inspiration from and where other people can <coughs> hopefully draw inspiration from I think that's a, think that's a great idea. Us. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about drawing inspiration from, from different areas and drawing inspiration from, uh, from daily life, just, uh, just getting through day-to-day stuff, how, how we do what we do. And not, not, not just the why. I think the why we talked a lot about today, but uh, how we do what we do and how we deal with our daily uh, challenges is important for, for people and for us to really hash out and understand. I think that's really a great idea. And uh, articulate into, into words. For sure. And if I can, uh, I'm going to address the crowd, guys. Um, if any of you have suggestions of what you want future episodes to look like or guests that you want us to try to get on the show, um, yeah, message J-Tribe Radio. Message J-Tribe Radio reference Abilities Unleashed. Message them on Instagram. Um, <clears throat> follow us on Instagram. Follow the J-Tribe Radio on Instagram. Um, reference Abilities Unleashed. If you have a story that you'd like us to share yeah. your personal story, we'd love to have you on the show. Connect with us privately beforehand. We look forward to having you. If you have any, again, if you have any suggestions of who might, who you might want to hear on the show, let us know. Yeah, or if you know, if you know someone with a story, someone close to you, or if they, if you want to tell their story, they want to tell their story. Like you said be on the show we'd love to have you and we hope this uh we hope this really gets out there and people really gain from it and we hope like we said we hope we gain from it you know just by us talking to each other and inspire each other and hopefully whoever's listening will get a little bit inspired as well god willing till next time till next time